Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today, listen, I know I say this a lot, but truly, what a treat, by Rachel. Hi, I'm uh, back. You have not been on the show in a minute. In so long. I was thinking about it this morning, and I was like, I'm so excited. Yeah, what happened was I was recording the Friday recap episodes on Thursday, and you have yep. therapy on I Thursday, therapy. so you can never do the show. Also, for a long time, I was recording on Friday, and the only person who was free was Eric. <laughs> no offense, Eric. You don't have Friday plans. Oh, um, he knows that. He, no, he would does. always joke about that on the show. But hi. Hi. Okay, so I have so much to talk about with you, and I have so many wrecks I want to get to. Ooh. But the first thing you said when you saw me was, I have so many crazy things to tell you. It just like it felt like a very New York morning this morning. Oh, okay. Um, I was walking to go get tea, and classic I, New York, classic New York, or a coffee, if you will. <laughs> but um, as I was walking, uh, a pile of snow fell off of an awning of a building and onto my body. Oh my god! And a guy walking the other way went yikes, <laughs> <laughs> and like it was. I, I like had to look up. You don't look like a huge pile of snow. Thank fell you. On you. Thank you. I yeah. dried off. It was two hours ago. Oh, um, okay. Um, but it got. It literally was in my pockets. Can I tell you? I have a fear of that. Not that happening, but like ice falling yes. from very high heights. Yes. And killing me. It's terrifying. I was like, is this my Russian doll moment where yes. I, like, I could see something coming for me? And my other fear was just like, is this pee? Like, I don't sure. know why that's someone would be dumping pee out of a but building. That's always but a fear in New York. Like, whenever a liquid lands on you, you're like, this is definitely pee. I'm, I have died. Um, as much as I loved Russian doll, Part of that show is they go through like every New Yorker's classic fears of how we're going to die. Yep. When she fell through the grate, I was like, this is a hate crime. Twice. <laughs> Twice. I was like, this is a full hate yes. crime because this is actually something I'm very scared of. Terrified of. Um, so that's wild. I'm sorry that yes. happened to you. The other one was <laughs> on my way over. Um, I was in a lift because I was in a weird part of Brooklyn that I, it's really hard to get to via train. Sure. Um, AKA Bushwick. Yes. <laughs> just inconvenient. It's just from Bushwick hard to, to get around. Yeah. Um, uh, my Lyft driver was listening to sad songs and playing clips of what I assume to be an ex or what? a loved one and like was softly crying to himself <gasps> listening to these recordings. I'm like, I don't know if Wait, someone. Wait, he was playing them on his phone? Yeah. Oh my but God. Like, the I could hear. Um, it w there was one where she was like, "Oh, I'm talking with my mouth full. Look at me, just talking to you with my mouth full." And like that was the whole clip, and he just kept playing it over and over oh again God. while listening to like, and I'm not kidding you, Pink. <gasps> oh my God, Rachel, do you think they broke up or she died? I don't know. Oh and wow. And so I don't want to make fun of it too much because no. if she died, that's sad. No, I'm just so curious. I know. That, you know, because the gig economy is so awful, yes. I've noticed that drivers are, like, just living their lives more while driving because that's all they do all yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, So, like, whenever I have a driver who's, like, on the phone with their significant other or whoever they're on the phone with, I'm just sort of like, you do what you got to do. Yeah. I know some people, like, get really oh, mad I about that. Oh, I don't care about that. Well, some people get mad about it because they're like, you are distracted while driving me, and it mm, is actually fair. a hazard. But I'm also like, this dude probably hasn't seen his family in, like, 72 hours and is like, are the kids okay? Yeah. What's happening at home? Um, so my fucking wild thing, <clears throat> guys, I don't know if this is going to translate. 
Uh, but I hope it does. So we are UCB performers. Yes. And uh, the Characters Welcome auditions are coming up. Characters Welcome is like the character featured show at UCB. It's mm-hmm. the big one. So <laughs> I am working with uh, a woman at UCB named Sarah Parsons, who's a very uh, hysterical, great character Lovely. actress, um, head of Characters Welcome, along with Eric Fuhr. <coughs> And she is also helping me direct uh, Spank. Spank is a half an hour sketch show <laughs> at UCB. This is why I was like, is this UCB too... UCB glossary. Yeah, I was like, is this too insider? No. But when I saw Rachel, I'm like, this is very insider <laughs> baseball. But it was so weird what happened. So Sarah Parsons was like, hey, because we're working on this Spank together, here's my personal phone number if you ever need to text me. Yes. I was like, great. So I've been talking with Chloe a lot about Characters Welcome. And I was like... Uh, I ran my set and it's like six seconds too long. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck. And there's truly nothing I can cut. And I was like, I wonder if it's a big deal if I'm six seconds over. I'm going to text Sarah and just ask. Yeah. Because she's going to be in the room. She's head of characters welcome. Mm -hmm. So I text Sarah and I go, hey, my characters welcome audition is like six seconds over. When will you guys cut me off? Or I think I said, when will you tell me to get the fuck out if I'm over? And she texts back immediately. And I was like, oh, wow. So I text Chloe and I'm like, hey, apparently if we're like a few seconds over, they're just going to kick us out. And Chloe's like, whoa, that's really harsh. What? Then I get another text from the number. Uh, who is this? And we'll I was like, you, she's, she said, we'll kick you out immediately. Who is, who this? is this? And I was like, cool. She didn't say my number. Little hurt, but that's okay. So I text back and I go, Allison. And she goes, who is Allison? And I was like, wow. Okay, Sarah. And I go, uh, and then there's another text and they go, who do you think this is? <gasps> and then I go, is this Sarah? And they go, no, I'm in Connecticut. Who is this? What? And I go, what? So I text Sarah and I go, hey, is this your phone number? And she texts back and she goes, oh, like the last digit was wrong. So I'm talking to this rando in Connecticut, and they are playing along. <gasps> I have to say, magnificently. Terrifying. And terrified me. And then they were like, ha, ha, ha. So what else is going on? And I'm like, who is this? Oh, my God. So I have to text Chloe back, and I'm like, disregard everything, everything. I told you. We're fine. Somebody was pretending to be Sarah. Fun. Because that also made sense. And then I asked Sarah, I'm like, if I'm six seconds over, is it a big deal? And she's like, no, absolutely not. We won't cut you off. <laughs> like, Total, total 180. That I was literally like, scared me. I was like, oh my right? gosh, did you get in trouble? But also I feel like if you had gotten like sassed, you wouldn't be sharing it on the, oh, <laughs> the show. absolutely not. And <laughs> and using her full name. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, No, yes. and it also made sense to me because Sarah's a lovely person. Yeah. And I was like, why is she being so mean? Rando in Connecticut was fucking with me. Oh, I love it. So the entire state of Connecticut can go fuck themselves because oh. this one person wronged me. Um, Anything else you want to share before we no, get to Rex? No, those were good. Crazy. I like those. The driver was wild. I know. So I have recommendations. Guys, I saw Captain Marvel <gasps> last night. Yes, how was it? It was a fucking delight. Oh, I was scared with yes. how you were setting it up. Me too. Okay. Uh, so I was worried because uh, I found out a bunch of my friends were going and I very last minute bought a ticket and I was like, ooh, I got my ticket so last minute. Is it not selling see? well? Oh. Turns out our showing was sold out, which was great. Because it was also International Women's Day. And I was like, if you fucking sexists don't come out 
for Captain Marvel. <laughs> I am going to kill you all. So it was great. It was a delight. It's 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 very formulaic in a lot of ways. Yeah. But also the formula is comforting, you know? I guess. I don't yeah. know. I'm uh, not a s I'm not a superhero movie yeah. lady generally. Sure. But I love Brie Larson, so she's I'm great. like, I'll see ya. She's great. She's perfectly cast. Uh for me, there's a cat in it that what? stole it. Goose. The cat's Goose name the is cat. Goose. I'm in. And it's a combination of a real cat and apparently CGI because I don't know if this is true. This is what I've heard. Brie Larson is like deathly allergic to cats. Oh. And they couldn't have a real cat around her. So what happened was they ended up writing Sam Jackson interacting with the cat more. And it's fucking a delight to watch Nick Fury like fawn over this cat. It's also cool because you get to see young Nick Fury. Oh, and like sort of and Agent Coulson, too. That might be a spoiler. Sorry, guys. Uh, But it's it's like examining his origins and how he became the way he is, which is I love Sam Jackson. I think he is like vastly underused in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And this like allowed him to shine a little more. And he and Brie Larson are great together, like their dynamic. So I loved it. Okay, I need to see it. I loved it. That's yeah. great. Um, also, <laughs> I saw it with uh, my Herald team, and I was sitting next to Dan Lempert, mm-hmm. and I never realized how much I needed to hear Dan Lempert scream, Yas, Queen, yes. during a Marvel movie. But like <laughs> that, like s- watching it in Yas vision, like really enhanced the experience Good. for I'm me. Glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. So that was great. Amazing. Um, oh, my God. Have you seen Leaving Neverland? No. Rachel. Yeah. Oh, my, do you know what it is? No. Oh, my God. Okay. I'm scared. So, yeah. So it's a two-part HBO documentary <gasps> about... Is it about... Yeah. The ranch? Yeah. <gasps> two victims of Michael Jackson <laughs> have come forward and two guys who previously had defended him. And oh, wow. they were two of the kids in... They didn't go to court, but they like released statements where they were like... Uh, <clears throat> the allegations are false. This didn't happen. And now as men. They're and like the thing they have in common is they both had sons since then. Oh. And that was sort of um, a catalyst for them to come forward and be like, actually, all those allegations were true. <gasps> we were sexually molested slash raped by Michael Jackson for like a period of seven years. Um, seven? Oh, Wade Robson poor. was seven years. Yeah. And this is a HBO? Two-part HBO documentary obviously massive trigger warnings yes yes um, yeah for for child rape but i i'm really glad they made it i it, it's like i feel really really Sad. sorry for these guys Ugh, glad up. they're both in therapy but it really wrestles with some tricky matters obviously the whole celebrity culture thing yeah how these parents handed over their children because they were like Michael Jackson's a celebrity and therefore a good person. How does that? I, how does that happen? That's what I've always wondered. Were they so, people that knew Michael Jackson through okay. like other ways? This is really interesting, and they explored in the documentary because most people look at this and they're like, these people must be stupid or evil. And actually, what it is is a slow grooming process. So first of all, he targets families that tend to be poor. Yeah. And like very much rely on him financially. <clears throat> so that it was the case for both of them. How does how did he meet them though? So these were usually little kids. So James Safe Check, Safe Check, let me make sure I'm not butchering his name. Um Safe Chuck. 
Uh, so he was just in a commercial with Michael okay, Jackson. Okay, the okay, okay. very, very. So famous. there was like contact. That he's yes. not just like cruising searching. parking lots. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, usually they're like brought to him because like so like Wade Robson was obsessed with him when he was a little kid and yeah. he learned like all of the dances. This is so sad. I know. Um, and then James Safechuck was in a, the most popular Coke commercial with him where he's like uh, going through his dressing room and yeah, he finds yeah, all yeah. the jackets and the glove. And then Michael Jackson comes in and he's like looking for me. And like, that's that commercial, <laughs> which like in, oh, yeah, in hindsight is so disturbing. Bad. She's bad. So, Oh, so the grooming process. So the families meet him. He like, you know, introduces them to this lavish world of like takes them to Hawaii and like mm. these beautiful hotels and they do all of these amazing things that they wouldn't be able to do ordinarily. And in the case of James Safechuck's mom, the first time he was like, can James sleep with me in my room was like, absolutely not. No, that's not appropriate, Michael. And then over Asked a period. That? Yeah. But he was always like, we can have like a sleepover. A sleepover. And like, I just love children because I didn't have a childhood. Like this sob story that Jesus like, Christ. was like, why is it always little boys then, Michael? Nobody ever asked that. Um, but over like a period of years, he like wears them down. So then like they spend one night. Then it becomes like they're spending every night. Uh, this is terrifying. I need to watch this. Yeah. It's, it's um, sickening though. Like just I, a heads up. Like I'm glad they did it, but I was truly horrified. There is a part again. I, this is maybe a spoiler. I don't know if a spoiler is a good word to use for something like this. I didn't know shit. Like James save Chuck. There's one part where he has a little box of mm -hmm. jewelry mm -hmm. and he opens it. And I don't know. They Michael Jackson married him, quote unquote, married him. What? When he was a child, they what? had a wedding ceremony. What? And they went and they picked out the ring, and they pretended Michael Jackson was buying it for a woman. And James tried on the rings. This is disturbing. And then so James is like retelling the story, and then he tries to put on the ring, and it like sticks at the first knuckle because he was so small. Yeah, he was a baby. But like watching him. And, like, his hands are shaking. And I was like, this man is, like, working through his trauma as they're filming him. Yeah. Which I was like, God, it's so powerful to see. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping, like, other victims will see stuff like that and find bravery to come forward. But also I was like, God, I hope they had resources for him, like, yeah. on site. Because I am worried about that. That they're not man. just like sensationalizing I it. I don't think they are. Like hearing the director, the director's been great when people have criticized him about, well, why didn't you have Michael Jackson's estate respond to this? And he was like, because I know what they're going to say. They're going to yeah. deny it. And this isn't about them. This is about the victim. So like he seems to really have their backs. Yeah. Also, the Jackson estate immediately sued him. Of and course. HBO. And HBO. So like, and they knew that. it was coming. Like HBO, I'm sure, was braced for it. Um. Also, this is not the only Michael Jackson documentary coming out. So it seems like hopefully the I tide is turning a little. But Michael Jackson stands are nuts. Like immediately a deluge on Twitter where they're like, they're both lying. Like just no critical thinking at all. They're just like, no. And it never occurs to them like, why? Yeah, you ha you also have to be able to separate like, yeah, you like this musician. But like they could also be... A monster. An awful person. Yeah. This, okay, so I will say this. I was one of the people who was like, 
please, it's okay if you like the thing the monster created, but don't defend the monster. Yes. But this documentary, I was like, I think now I'm going to have a visceral reaction when I hear his music. Yeah. And I'm not going to be able to be like, but it's a good song, you know? There there are lines that get crossed where I can no longer enjoy. It's like Woody Allen films, you yes. know? Like, I mean, first yes. of all, I've always thought Woody Allen is a creep, a creep but also like... Um, not as great of a director as people oh. think he is and stuff like that. So I was never like a hardcore fan of his work. But now that everything's come out, I'm like, oh, I just, I can't watch this yeah. stuff. Yeah. I just love Diane Keaton. Mm. So Annie Hall was. I know it's, it's, she's like in that world. Yeah. yeah. Um, And then finally, uh, I'm so sad about Luke Perry. Oh, I know. <sighs> Allison's little note is, is a, a good, good man, man died. died and then sad a frowny face. face. Uh, but uh, that's how I feel. I like I was texting with Meredith and I was like, why am I so sad about this? And truly like he's one of the few, one of the few good dudes. All of the stories that have come out I know. about him, like. He owns land in Tennessee. And there of were course he does. Terrible floods there. And he like went down and he was handing out bottles of water to people because they couldn't drink their tap water. Um, there's like little anecdotes like, do you know Sarah Benacasa? Yeah. So she has a friend who was very sick and they were in the hospital. And her friend posted when he died, hey, I never told anyone this, but... He came to see me in the hospital because she was a hardcore Luke Perry fan. What? And he brought his dog <gasps> and like hung out with her for a little bit. Brought no press with him. Was just being a good dude. Uh, Colin Hanks told this story about he was on a plane and there was this kid who was just screaming, crying, yeah. like throwing a fit. And he's like, I'm a patient person, but I was like, this Yikes. needs to stop. And like everybody on the plane was getting really edgy. And then all of a sudden he sees this dude walk down the aisle with uh, blowing up a balloon. <clears throat> and it's Luke Perry. And it's fucking Luke Perry. And he gives the balloon to the kid and the what? kid instantly stops crying. Colin Hanks finds him after they like land and they're in the airport. And he's like, hey, that was really great that you did that. And Luke Perry's like, oh, I'd always travel with some balloons in case a kid is upset because it's a good way to calm them down. Weird, like, but like so cute. It's kind of weird, but also like for somebody who flies a lot, instead yeah. of being a dick, like I was like, what a sweet thing to do. Uh, and truly no one has had like a bad thing to say about him. No. I'm so conditioned in the age of me too. And before me too, just being a woman in the world to be like, like waiting for the other shoe to drop. Yep. You know, somebody to come forward to be like, no, actually he was a scumbag. And literally no one has said that. And uh. I'm like, did the last good man just die? Like, literally, that's how I felt. Oh. <laughs> Sad. Well, I hope not. I hope it's, it's obviously exhausting. not true. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but I, like, he was such a phenomenon in the sense that he became a heartthrob and so famous. Yep. So young and somehow managed to be a good person. Stay a little grounded. Stay grounded. Was always decent to people. Uh, one of my favorite sort of... Um, indicators of someone's a good person or not is bar staff how they talk about them bar True. staff loved luke perry uh, he was very polite very like um would talk with everybody great tipper and uh, i was like there you go there you go there you go them. always talk to waiters and waitresses and bar staff to see like how a person really is yeah yeah especially if their food's late how do yeah. they react oof, oof. yeah um just like be nice that's yeah. my general advice i know it's sad and like 
what's gonna happen on Riverdale? I know. I hated that. That was one of my thoughts. I but know, especially because again, I guess spoiler for season one of Riverdale, but he, like the fact that he his character almost died, yeah, and then didn't, no, he, and now Luke Perry's dead. I'm like, what are they gonna do? I know. I don't know. He was really so sad. great in that I show. I know. He was the moral like compass of that show. Yeah. Uh, I loved Archie's dad. He's a sweetie. Whose name escapes me? Frank? Uh, Fred? Frank? Fred. Fred. Fred? Frank. Frank feels right to me now. Fred. Fred? Something. Fred, Frank, Fringo. Archie's it's gonna be like dad. It's going to be like <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. One of the most brilliant things Riverdale ever did was ca- casting Luke Perry and... Uh, Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald and uh, Skeet. Yes, I agree. Oh, the uh, 90s babes. Yeah. 80s slash 90s yeah, babes. So, guys, anything? Oh, do you have any recs? Um, do I have any recs? Um, I've been listening to, this is a music rec, just because we've covered other media. Sure. Um, David Keenan. Ooh, okay. Uh, the Groundskeeper. It's Fred. Oh, okay, Sorry, yeah. I was just looking up. Um, it's a really good song. I'm going to see him live. Ooh. In NYC on the 16th. Hey, what kind of music? Uh, It's like, do you know Alexi Murdoch? Yes. So it's like indie, guitar heavy. He's Irish. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I see you. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. Um, I have Music Rex, Solange's new album. Yes. Com- like lowered my blood pressure. Like listening uh, to it. She's very like... Like there's like, you know, it's got that R and B groove to it yes. a little bit, but also it's just very calming. I like. I love her. I like some salon. And listen, I know I don't know how people feel about him. Who I feel like maybe some people roll their eyes about him. I think he's great. I think he's got one of the best voices around. Who? His new album's great. <gasps> Is it? Who's he? Butcher? Yes. Yeah. So good. That new album. Oh yeah. my gosh. He has an amazing voice. Nobody. Is that the song name? Yeah. One of my favorites. Uh, he's amazing. And I think he's actually a really gifted musician. Do you know what I mean though? I feel, I, is he like more in the John Mayer camp where people are like, oh, gross. Hosier. Chloe. I texted Chloe and I was like, do you like Hosier? And she was like, no. Yeah. Some, pe- some people react that way. And I'm like, Why? why? Cherry Wine, great song. Yeah, and I, I truly am Take like, me to church, take me to church. Is it because he's an attractive, tall, white man? <laughs> I, j- I like, don't, I don't know. Because I also know why people might be sick of that type. Yes. I get that, but I'm also like, his voice is incredible. Amazing. And he's actually a very good songwriter. Amazing. Oh, th- so what is your is so beef good. with him? Mm. Unless you're mm. just like, I just don't feel the music. In which case, I'm like, respect. You know, music is subjective. Yes. Um, but, but are you just hating him to hate him? <laughs> it's sort of like you when I have, have to occasionally give it up for Taylor Swift where I'm like, damn, that is a good hook. Yes. Or I'm like, this is stuck in my head. And I don't like her no. for so many reasons. And I usually don't like her music, but occasionally got to give it up for T-Swift. Sometimes she's stuck in my head. Um, You know who else just released an album that I'm obsessed with? Who? Uh, Leon. Oh, okay. This was the song. I don't think I've told this story on the podcast. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I ripped my pants comically. Fully thought that was the name of the song. Oh, no, 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 I no, ripped no. my pants. No, but when I was dancing. <laughs> I do remember you ripping your pants. Yeah. The song I was dancing to was an EP gotcha. release or a single release from the album. Gotcha. But the album just came out. Um, but, uh, yeah, I did rip my pants dancing to that song. That was great. And Chloe got it on camera. 
It was on Instagram for a hot minute, but I hope someone saved that video. I have it. Great. Uh, guys, on that note, let's all hold hands and cry. Here's your bad news. She's a bad one. Speaking of sexual predators, R. Kelly, did you see this Bananas interview that Gail King did with him on CBS News? No. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But the little screenshot is him standing up. This is the thing that went like viral, this image. I'll put it on our Instagram. By the way, guys, follow us on Instagram. Uh, It's Gail King looking like she's calling upon the strength of every woman who lived before her um, to not respond to this unhinged man, uh, R. Kelly, standing up, screaming and waving his finger through the air, which a lot of psychologists and experts have watched this video. And there seems to be a consensus that this is like, classic deflection by a predator where somebody like R. Kelly, who's a sexual predator, casts himself as the victim Mm. and is like, they're trying to destroy my career, which is also what Michael Jackson did. Um, uh, Louis C.K. Like, this is destroying my career. It's about me. These people want to take me down. And it's like, no, actually, it's about... (laughs) your comeuppance as a sexual predator like that's what it is you're like, a bad person you're a bad person you so, fucked up bye the victims didn't do anything wrong and you deserve uh what's happening to you yep <laughs> you you did a bad thing and now bad things happen to you right and instead of processing that in a calm way they just erupt because yeah. like the whole house of cards is falling and you know they realize that that's an interesting uh turn of phrase to use House of Cards, yeah. Yep. Another sexual predator, <laughs> Kevin Spacey. Same deal, though, where it was yes, like, you yes, know, yes. Uh, these people, like, I'm a gay man and these people are, you know, persecuting yeah, me. Yeah, you chose right now to be the time Right now, you're an out, proud gay man, right? Now that you've been uh, outed as a predator as well. Uh, my favorite thing about that is just how the gay community immediately was like, no. He's not one of ours. We don't want you. <laughs> no, nope, we don't want to claim him. No, thank you. So, yeah, I put this in the bad news section just because... Um, like, I think it's good, obviously, that R. Kelly is being forced to answer for these allegations and uh, all of the criminal sexual abuse. But I'm putting it in the in the bad news section just because, like, it's so disturbing to watch. And, like, the, fa- it- the fact that Gil King had to sit there I know. and withstand it was oh. just really upsetting. Um R. Kelly said, nobody said anything good. They were describing Lucifer. I'm not Lucifer. I'm a man. I make mistakes, but I'm not a devil. Repeatedly, he says all of these women are lying on him. Why would all these women tell these different stories about you? Gail asked. Kelly simply blames social media. Or at least that's how uh jezebel interpreted whatever a quote-unquote push a button on your phone means so it seems like he was talking about twitter yeah people retweeting the allegations and stuff um he said i have been assassinated buried alive but i'm alive (coughs) jesus sir sir r kelly you haven't even been properly punished. You know, that's the thing that's, that's the thing. frustrating is like you are making it sound like you have 
been through the ringer, whatever, but you haven't you haven't served your time. Well, that was like Louis C.K. too. It was oh. like how, he was always like, "I lost so much business from this," and it's like, "Motherfucker, you're still rich. You're what still rich, and you still have your freedom, yeah. and you can do whatever you, didn't go you to want. Jail? You can walk into a stupid comedy club, and dumbass people will still be like, "We like you." Yeah, you still have your daughters. Yeah, you have access to your children, which is insane. Which, like, if you were not a how powerful not? rich white man. And you were whipping your dick out in front of women, you'd lose your kids. How did he not like lose any custody? Ugh. There were no allegations of abuse towards the girls, I guess. Well, yeah, of course. I guess, yeah, that was. I yeah. But even so, like, if he was not a rich, powerful celebrity, and he was whipping his dick out in front of women who were not his daughters, Bye. a judge would look at that and be like, "You are not a fit father." <laughs> no, people have done much less. Still bad things, but right. people have done much less and have suffered more in terms of right. consequences absolutely i mean there was that story about um a, a single mother black of course who was at a food court and she was interviewing for a job and her kid wandered off oh, no. and i oh, think no. she lost like somebody found the kid called the cops and she lost custody of her kid because they accused her of child neglect and it's like she was interviewing for a job. That makes me so upset this is what i mean like if louis ck was not a powerful rich white comedian and he was carrying on like that you would not have you would not have your children so also in bad news um oh yeah paul manafort was sentenced to prison for less than four years just the cash and i also have the the jesse smollett story up here because um he has been indicted on 16 felony counts by a grand jury we talked about Jesse Smollett on the show before. Obviously, what he did, not good, very bad. Um, but I put those stories back to back because I'm like, what are the chances <laughs> that Jesse Smollett is going to go to jail for longer, longer. than Paul Manafort? And like, here's the thing. I Paul Manafort's a piece of shit. Very, very bad man. I'm trying not to be a carceral liberal because there were a lot of people who were like, he should have gone to jail for way longer, which I'm like, fair, because how many nonviolent drug offenders, you know, lose their lives in yes. prison? Paul Manafort, actual criminal, actual, um, actual monstrous figure behind a war in Ukraine. Yes. <laughs> like actually. Um, big time. Big time. Scary, scary crime. Scary, scary crime. People died. Impacting the lives of so many. Yeah. So this is a bad man. He he if we're if we're agreeing that we have a uh, a justice system right now that sends people to jail for very long periods of time, Paul Manafort surely should be one of them. Yes. My point is, um I am I always err on the side of um fewer years for a conviction because I don't want to be a carceral liberal. So Am I cheering for Paul Manafort to spend the rest of his life in jail? No. My point is, if we are going to hold Jesse Smollett to this very, very, very high level of accountability. Yes, is, like this this should be the big kahuna right. big time yeah. prison. Jesse Smollett lied to the public, lied to, uh, I, allegedly, lied to the police. I always have to say allegedly whenever the police are involved because like they have such a long history of, of lying to the public and lying about specifically black men. Mm -hmm. But allegedly it now seems as though Jesse Smollett lied to the public, lied to the police. 
Um, there were a lot of public resources used. I to. don't know what happened. Oh, so what allegedly happened was, do you know the original story? Okay, so do you know who Jesse Smollett is? Empire. Empire, yeah. right. So he claimed that he was um, walking through Chicago mm-hmm. late at night and two men wearing MAGA hats jumped him, beat him up, um, called him Empire N-Word, <gasps> and then put a noose around his neck. And so, you know, like, the hate crime checklist. Yes. You know, like, this was, um, a, according to him, a hate crime. So it explodes in the media mm-hmm. because it is a celebrity. Mm-hmm. It has to do with Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to do with uh, racism. Mm-hmm. So like all the hot button issues. Yeah. It was just like one of the perfect media frenzy stories. Also, he had painted such like a cartoonish image of like these racist MAGA supporters like yes. in Chicago, no less. There were so many red flags to the story. I was like, first of all, the fact that there were Trump supporting Empire fans (laughs) (laughs) who were like Empire. Empire. Yeah, we know you from Empire, which we watch all the time. I was sort of like, what are the odds of that? But um, yeah, so then it turns out as the days go on that uh, the story is not holding water. Yeah. So they find... Uh, the Chicago police, uh, supposedly, through looking at security footage and whatnot, find two men who were in the area at the time or like persons of interest. And they turn out to be these two Nigerian brothers who, lo and behold, um, had trained Jesse Smollett in the past um, and were on Empire in like supporting roles, I guess, or like extras. I, d- I don't watch Empire, so I don't know mm-hmm. who they were on it, but that's how they knew Jesse Smollett. And then, according to the Chicago, Chicago police, they were basically hired by Jesse Smollett <gasps> to, to yeah, to fake this hate crime. Now, certain details of the story have not held up. So, like, the Chicago police originally said that he cut them a check for this uh, this whole charade. But then it turned out that the reason he gave them the check was to help train him. And I think mm. to, like, get him on a diet or something, something to pay them as trainers. So, like, that detail of the story hasn't held up. He's going to jail longer. Well, he's been indicted on 16 counts. Okay, 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 okay. Which I, you know, actually, let me look. I don't know if they have the counts listed here because I'm like, Truly, all I can think of is, like, lying to the public, lying to the police, um, maybe, like, public resources being used in the pursuit of this. But I'm like, 16 charges? <laughs> like, Yikes. Bleh, what? Like, that just seems like prosecutorial overreach. It just seems like they're very mad at him, which I, you know, I yeah, understand. It's like, not good. Fr- it's not good. And I know a lot of people who are very mad, especially because... Hate crimes are a huge problem, especially now in the United States with Trump as president. Like a boy who called wolf situation. Yeah, especially when like trans women are murdered at a very, very high rate in this country. And like we could be talking about that instead of Jesse Smollett fucking, you know, allegedly faking a hate crime Mm -hmm. incident. Um, but also the level of vitriol that's being directed at him, especially by the right wing, is like Mm -hmm. they are like jerking off like all over this story because it for them it it sort of supports their belief that all hate crimes are fake yeah that's scary yeah yeah um 
so anyway sorry i derailed no no, no that i'm glad you asked because i i bet you there are people listening who like either forgot details of the story or never knew <laughs> they were like who's jesse smollett again uh, let's rewind this oh my god <gasps> can we talk about megan mccain's little white lady tears oh my god no Oh boy! I mean, yes, we can talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. Next. Um, so, I I've been putting the whole Ilhan uh, Omar debacle in the bad news section, not because of Ilhan Omar, who's a Democratic representative from Minnesota, um, a, a Muslim woman, but because of the Democrats' cowardly response to the backlash she's been facing. Because she had the nerve to criticize uh, the Israeli lobby and their power in the United States. She's been called anti-Semitic, which obviously is absurd. Um, But like she she dared to criticize uh, the overblown uh, influence Israel has in the United States, especially politically. Um, And she is now being punished for it. So, <laughs> Megan McCain, who is on The View. Um, Which, why? Yeah, like, that's a whole separate question. Why? So, they get into this conversation about uh, Omar's comments. Mm-hmm. And Megan called it a watershed moment for Democrats because Omar is a rising star on the left. So they'll have to decide whether they're going to defend her "quote unquote" anti-Semitism or play party politics. Um, so Joy Behar pushes back on this, and um, she insisted that she would object under any circumstances, asking why. Oh, I'm sorry. As McCain wondered how Democrats would react if Omar's comments came from a white male Republican. Joy Behar pushed back by insisting that she would object under any circumstances, asking why are they always concentrating on Israel? So Joy Behar also in the wrong, but pushing back against Omar by saying, like, I would also call this anti-Semitism, even if a white male Republican was doing it. So then there was another woman there. God, the view is such a fuck. Like, like a bleh, fucking train wreck. Such a fuck. Such a fuck. Uh, <laughs> so there's this other woman, Sunny Hostin, who's a Jewish woman. Um, Sunny Hostin said Omar has never questioned Israel's right to exist as a country, which is true, saying Republicans are trying to use this as a wedge issue. Yes. With ding, ding, ding. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Sunny. Look, the woman who can speak about anti-Semitism. <laughs> oh, then people were saying she's not Jewish. Oh. And then she had to like put her like ancestry percentages right. up online where she's like, no, actually I am Jewish. Anyway, so uh, Megan McCain goes, I'm really not. To which Behar responded that Hostin wasn't talking about McCain specifically. As Hostin criticized the GOP's selective outrage, McCain brought it back to Omar and argued, why this obsession with Jerusalem and Israel? The conversation ended up taking a turn when McCain's voice started to crack and she got emotional as she explained that Omar's comments should be very scary to everyone, not just Jews. Oh my poop. Like, where were you, Megan McCain, since you're so deeply afraid of the hate crimes and the hatred? Like, why has she not been vocal about the the villainizing of immigrants oh or Muslim people in this country? There was a Muslim ban. Where was Megan McCain crying her little white lady tears, 
very scared for what that means, not just for Muslims, but for everyone. Right, right. Like, no, because she, she doesn't care. She doesn't care. And also, mm. the I hope white lady tears just keep getting aggressively called out because, hello, I'm a white lady. Yeah. And I know, and I'm sure you know this too, yeah. white women use their tears as a fucking weapon because they know if yeah. they start crying, if we start crying... Everyone drops everything. Yes. Even if we're 100% in the wrong. I can't control mine like that. You what? <laughs> I can't control my tears like that. Right. I wish right. I could turn them on when I needed them. Oh, yeah. Oh, but I've seen white women no, do but that. people do it. Oh, yeah. 100%. When they get called out, out for parking something. Parking tickets. Parking tickets. But, like, also I'm like, fuck the police. So I'm like, if you can cry and get out of a parking ticket, good Go for you. But, like, but, like you know, when they feel attacked and they yes. just want to shut it down immediately. I've seen white women do it a lot when confronted by black women for doing something problematic yeah. or being racist yeah. and they immediately cry. I think we are, we know uh -huh. what the one specific one uh -huh. that we're talking about. And also, uh, in that case, I was very, very proud of the woman of color who was like, you are crying white lady yes, tears right yes, now yes. to shut down the conversation yes. we're having, which is 100% what yes. was happening. Yes. They did. There was an unpleasant conversation they didn't want to have and they were like, I'm just going to cry right now. And like, partly it might be from like, fear yeah. But also ask yourself why you're afraid right now. Yeah. You know, like, are you afraid because you have a racist part of your brain that's telling you a scary black woman is confronting you? Oh you don't have to be afraid right now. Nobody's going to get hit. No, <laughs> you know, no. like, we're just having a conversation. So I do hope especially uh, other white women call out white women when they do this. Because here's what white women do a lot. We cry our white lady tears <laughs> to... A shutdown debate and to villainize women of color as being uh, scary and aggressive. And we call the police on people Jesus. when we're fucking annoyed. Yes. So, like, you're in a park and black people are barbecuing and you don't like that black people are there. You call the cops on them. I don't understand that mentality. Ugh. Yeah. And, like, it, it's, uh, it's. I am scared of the police. I will not call them. No. You, I mean, you should unless your life's in danger, you yeah. know? Yes. Um, because they can kill people and get away with it. And also, that's what they're there for, not for a nu nuisance. Or, like, yeah. you just not ha you just being annoyed by something that's probably, honestly, not something that should be annoying you. Right. Like, regardless of why you're calling the police, you should always assume it could end with someone dying. Yeah. And, like, you should have that thought in your head when you call the cops. Because, like, they are armed. And if they see a black person that they perceive to be a threat, uh, or anyone they perceive to be a threat, they can kill them and get away with it. So, like... Don't call them because you're annoyed or you had a bad day, you know? You know who you can call if you had a bad day? Your friends. You can, unless you don't have any unless friends. Unless you don't have friends. In which case, meditate on why you don't have friends. Yes. Is it because you're the type of unpleasant person who calls the cops for no fucking reason? Might be. Maybe. Guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm right. I was like, did I fuck up the time? No, 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 we're good. It's that time of the show. Let's all jump up and down. Here's your good news. She's a feeling good. In the this first good news story is it's going to sound like I'm praising. JP Morgan Chase. Yikes. But who I'm actually praising are the anti private prison activists who have now made it impossible for entities like JP Morgan Chase 
to finance um, private operators of prisons. There we go. There we okay. go. Okay. So d- that's just my I'm disclaimer. Like the only Morgan you can uh, praise is Sonia Morgan. And I don't know if I can comfortably praise her. Because <laughs> she's can't. a bad person. She's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like entertainingly yes. bad, which I'm a fan of. I love fun bad people, yes. which is my own flaw. As a human being, I recognize that. I will always like the most problematic character in a show. I'm like, yeah. look at them just ruining everything. Mm-hmm. I look love at it. Sonia. Okay. Oh my God. Wait. Oh no, I already recommended it to you and it's too scary. Uh, oh, <laughs> the magicians. Oh, yes. Literally, Allison's rec was, oh, have you seen the magicians? You should see it. My first question is, is it scary? She goes, no. Well, yes. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, is it just intense or is it bloody? No, it's not. Yep. Nope. It's very gory. It's super bloody and scary <laughs> and violent. And Rachel should not watch it. But if that doesn't bother you and you're hearing the sound of my voice, you should watch the magicians. Anyway, that was a tangent, guys. J.P. Morgan Chase has decided to stop financing private operators of prisons and Great. detention centers, um, which obviously have become targets of protests over Trump administration immigration policies. Uh, a company's spokesperson told Reuters, "We will no longer back. We will no longer bank the private prison industry." Uh, and the decision itself is a result of the bank's ongoing evaluations of the costs and benefits of serving different industries, which I'm here to tell you is bullshit. <laughs> the reason they stopped doing it, it's still incredibly profitable. Yeah. The reason they stopped doing it is because it looks fucking atrocious. Yeah. And truly, I bet there are very wealthy people who bank with J.P. Morgan Chase who are like, that's immoral. Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, you have to stop doing that. Um, and they just don't want the backlash and the, and the PR damage it can do. Um, but again, all credit to the activists who have been protesting this stuff because for a huge financial institution like J.P. Morgan Chase to be like, we out. It takes a lot. Yeah. It takes a huge amount. It means they're feeling a huge amount of pressure mm-hmm. and they don't want to be involved with it because they also don't need to. You know, like they they have so much money. Yeah. Um, they can bounce from something like that. Um so also in good news, yesterday, um, or I'm sorry, two days ago for you guys, was International Women's Day. Yes. And on International Women's Day, women around the world engaged in mass protests, strikes, and other collective actions meant to draw attention to their labor, both waged and unwaged, in care work, inside and outside the home. So I just wanted to shout out some of the, the bigger actions that happened all around the world. In New York City, more than uh, more than 10,000 nurses across three hospital systems sh- uh, are prepared to strike over patient conditions, yes. hospital yes. overcrowding, and staff shortages. Ugh, nurses are the best. I literally, like... The best. I can't... It's such a hard job. Such a hard job. It's such a hard job. They save people's yes. lives. And, and I know okay, that male and female nurses, there are oh, both. Yeah, yeah, but like they... So I have a friend who is very, very ill at the moment, and I've been going to see her in the hospital a lot. And I knew this from my own time in the hospital when I had surgery when I was younger, but watching how the nurses engage with her on a day-to-day basis, I'm like, it's the same group of nurses. They all know her. She knows all of their names. And like, they just have that place like running so smoothly i saw a doctor maybe once like in all my hours there and listen doctors are very very busy and i don't want to villainize doctors but i saw those nurses all the time because they're the ones who are primarily caring for all the patients yeah they can make or break 
someone's yeah and oftentimes they know more than the doctors do Mm -hmm. about individual patients because they engage with them more so like you know my friend who like they knew like what she was allergic to Mm -hmm. and like what uh the certain levels were of medications she were she was on way more than the doctors you know the doctors like because they're so overworked too have like they have to keep looking at the charts and the nurses just know this stuff yeah nurses are the best that was my plug for nurses. Yeah. <laughs> We're pro nurses <laughs> on Light Trees and News. In Oakland, California, teachers returned to the classroom this week after striking to demand smaller class sizes and wage increases. Students in the district turned out to a school board meeting oh. on Monday to oppose nearly $22 million Jesus. in cuts that put programs like the district's uh, restorative justice program at risk. Uh, but the cuts passed. Oh. The strike had only moved their schools uh, only so far, they said, and that more had to be done. Now we have to stick together no matter what and do it for us. Uh, here's my plug for teachers and the education system. I truly was about to say uh, I feel the way I feel about nurses, the way I do, uh, the way I feel about teachers. <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, I mean, th- it's these selfless people who oftentimes don't make a lot of money. And it's such a thankless job. It is. You can make a lot of money as a nurse. Yes. But not always. Not always. Um, and, and also, they deserve to make that yeah. much money. I wish all nurses made, you know, six a figures. A million dollars. Yeah. Okay, I, like, let, no, let's do a million. I like that, Rachel. Thank you. <laughs> uh, One million and twelve dollars. I love it. In Denver, Colorado, teachers engaged in a three-day strike in February, uh, securing wage increases for educators and other staff, along with reforms to a merit-based pay system that had left teachers struggling with fluctuating pay and financial instability for themselves and their family. Ooh, merit-based pay system. Gross. That stuff is so screwed up because it's also so, like, my mom was a teacher for, yikes, a lot of years. (laughs) Yikes. (laughs) I don't know, 20 years? But because we moved around so much... Um, and because the way you pay teachers is you get salary increases based on how long you spend in a particular district. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your salary can actually be frozen in that district. Oh, great. My mom would never, because we moved so much, she would never spend enough time to ever make it to, like, the top of any salary increase. Like, she would have to start from bottom rung every time we moved. Oh. Which was insane. That is insane. Also, it just incentivizes teachers to understandably if you're trying to make a living wage like rig the system yeah so students perform better yeah um it's just ass backwards uh the association of flight attendants oh speaking of badasses flight attendants yes um flight attendants president sarah nelson called for a general strike to end uh what was then the longest government shutdown yeah we covered that on this show that Mm -hmm. was badass Mm -hmm. uh thank flight attendants for ending the government shutdown basically because when that happened it was like oh fuck like we got nobody will be on these planes helping people and uh helping the crew so can't have that uh, in Los Angeles, California, teachers engaged in a week-long strike in January to win smaller classroom sizes. Uh, more nurses, counselors, and librarians. Oh, librarians. Oh, librarians. See, the magicians. Librarians are big characters. Really? Yeah. Uh, in their schools, wage increases, reforms to standardized testing, and in what was arguably the centerpiece of the struggle, a cap on charter schools. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Charter schools. Um. Oh, and hotel workers. Man, (gasps) so many badasses. 
in San Francisco, Californiers, uh, Californiers? Californiers. California workers at the Marriott hotel chain reached an agreement with the company ending a nine-week multi-city strike that involved thousands of workers across the country. Yikes. The deals negotiated varied from city to city, but in San Francisco, workers secured increased wages, maintained lifetime health benefits, and oh, shored good. up pensions. Good. Um, and then in October in Los Angeles, California, tenants in a three-building complex in central Los Angeles were still engaged in a rent strike. When are we going to have that in New York City? Ooh. Uh, to protest yeah, poor living conditions and rent increases that tenants said would force some families out of their homes. Like, truly, how have we not had a widespread That's one? That's what I'm wondering. I mean, there have been rent strikes. I don't I don't want to erase the um, the actions that have happened, but like a widespread rent strike in New York City. And then, of course, uh, McDonald's workers in September mm. across the country went on strike to protest the fast food giant's refusal to meaningfully address <laughs> sexual violence and harassment on the job. Because let's remember, uh, most minimum wage workers are not just women, but women of color. Mm -hmm. um, so this is a race issue. This is a gender issue. If you are a feminist, if you call yourself an ally, you should be uh, fighting for a living wage for oh, all yeah. workers. Yeah, especially fast food jobs are fucking hard. There's this so misconception hard. that they're easy jobs. I would like you to stand for a full shift in front of a hot fryer and tell me that's not labor. <laughs> you know, yeah. that is intense labor, especially the the more and more it's not teenagers working these jobs it's it's older people who have families Kids, yeah not really a job you want to be standing for eight or nine hours or longer um every single day no no thank you in no. the summer mm -mm -mm. no 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 and then uh oh this is uh i almost said a fun story which is so demeaning but the first this women <laughs> the first women only spacewalk is finally happening <gasps> powerful uh, NASA's Anne McLean and Christina uh, Koch will meet at the International Space Station uh, on March 29th as part of the first ever all-female spacewalk. And they'll also be supported by a woman on the ground, <laughs> flight controller Kristen uh, Fiechel, uh who was so excited at the news she could barely contain her excitement in this tweet. So she tweeted, I just found out that I'll be on console providing support for the all caps first all female spacewalk with uh, Astro Animal and great name, <laughs> great name at Astro Animal and at Astro Christina. And I cannot contain my excitement. Five exclamation points. <laughs> uh. Hashtag women in STEM, women in engineering, women in space. Uh, that's fucking awesome. That's amazing. That's so cool. Space terrifies me, but good job. We've had this conversation so many times. I know. But Rachel and I both have the same fears of like very um like existential or like difficult to fathom things. Yes. So like for you, I'm sure it's the vastness it's of space. space. It's infinity. It goes on forever. Oh, I just learned about a new theory called the filter. Tell me. And it literally, this is a divergence. I'm sorry. No, no, no I, I want to hear this. Okay. So it's, it's actually, I don't really, I uh, originally when I was told like, oh, there is, a theory called the great filter. I was like, oh, this is going to be some weird conspiracy theory. But I actually, like, don't have strong feelings either way if it's true or false. Um, but basically, it's it's the idea that, like, if we did find intelligent life, it would be a bad thing. Because 
Um, the theory is that in the universe, there is this filter. Um, there are like stumbling blocks for civilizations along the way. Mm -hmm. Some of them don't pass. Like think of it like a staircase. Yes. But eventually there is a wall that civilizations will not be able to pass. Now the theory is like, is Earth in front of or behind the filter? Mm. Are we one of the few civilizations that was able to get past it? Um, and that's why we're the only intelligent life form that we're able to have contact with right now mm -hmm. because there isn't another civilization that was able to pass that filter or is it in front of us, meaning the whole world and civilization as we know it is going to end. Um, and on the other side of that filter is, is nothing oh that God. we know. So basically it's like if we find other intelligent life, that means that there is still something that is going to destroy us and that filter is in front of us and we'll hit it eventually. But if we don't find intelligent life, it's like we are the ones that have made it for some crazy reason. I always thought about like what if there were civilizations? Because I mean when you start to fathom how old the universe is, yeah. it's wild. Yes. Um. And also the theory that the universe keeps expanding and collapsing and expanding yep. again. And like there have been several big, big bangs because yep. of that, which again, just like, Ugh. yeah, I have a panic attack thinking about, um, but like how many civilizations existed before us yeah. and also have these thoughts and have since like collapsed and there's no evidence of them because the universe imploded on itself yeah. and started over again. And were they more advanced than us? And like, yeah. And, and like one of the parts about this like filter theory, whatever, is like it's the same thing that is happening to all of these civilizations. Yes. And it's something that's obvious and like easy to discover. Like and the examples they give are like AI becoming too intelligent right. and like destroying a civilization. Um, a killer medically created disease so it's possible that all of these scenarios have already played out yeah yeah there's there's like an animated How video about a black mirror about that right we there, should pitch it okay done um <laughs> there's like an animated illustrated video that like explains it like really succinctly in like five me? minutes yeah it's it's good i recommend it i mean if you're interested in that kind of stuff again it's not like a weird like the world was created by a bean right. type of like theory. Classic conspiracy theories. Um, but it, it's very interesting and it's an interesting way of thought. I, I occasionally, as much as it freaks me out, I occasionally like those mental exercises because I feel like it keeps me humble. <laughs> as a human being, I'm like, I'm nothing. All of my problems are so insignificant. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. Nothing matters in the great scheme of things. That, that of course, doesn't mean we shouldn't try to be like decent to each other because yes. at the same time, like we nothing matters. That means that the way we treat each other is of supreme importance because yes. it's literally the only thing we can control. Yeah. And like, just be decent. The way that we react to things, the way that we treat other people. Let's live as Luke Perry lived. Oh, let's bring balloons Saint with us wherever Perry. we go. St. Luke. Ooh. There's already a St. Luke. St. Luke Perry. St. Katy Perry. She's oh. not a saint. Penny just came out, guys. <gasps> My little sweetie. Guys, Hi, Penny babe. had very serious surgery. Hi, how are you? And uh, Hi, she's doing the best she can. Careful, Peanut. I don't want to touch her. I'm We're scared. careful when we jump up. Uh, oh. She's trying to be more ambitious. Can I help her? No. I don't know where to touch her. All right, guys. Okay. Well, we should end the episode. <laughs> Please follow Rachel on Twitter at uh, Real Slim Chata. I haven't said that <laughs> in a while. It's been that one in a while. And I was like, did I fully just hallucinate that? Nope. nope that's her real. actual Twitter handle. There you go. And uh, follow us on Twitter as well at Light Treason Pod. 
did you have any thoughts about today's episode? Uh. Hashtag light trees and pod. If you'd like to send Penny well wishes, well, she would appreciate do. them. She's such a sweetie. Also, we're a 100% listener-supported show, guys. Mm-hmm. Penny's surgery was very expensive. Yeah, it was. Um, and, you know, any support is appreciated. Lighttreason.news, or you can support my Patreon, patreon.com slash Kilkenny. We got a bunch of questions that we're going to answer, mm, hopefully, next week over there. But I did get them. Thank you for all your questions. You still have uh, time to send them if you have any. And thanks for listening, guys. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. Love you.